MD Burns Nash is Atlanta's management consulting solution created specifically to meet the needs of a tech startup. MD Burns Nash aims to empower tech startup executives with the skill sets needed to propel their business on the path to success. For only $499, you can get started with an in-depth pitch deck evaluation to make sure you are putting your best foot forward. Visit mdburnsnash.com slash pitch deck for more information. That's mdburnsnash.com slash pitch deck for more information. All right, let's do this. We're going live in five, four, three. Broadcasting from the Wella offices, direct from the Atlanta Tech Village, you're listening to The Incubator, the voice of the Atlanta tech startup scene. The Incubator is a weekly show featuring Atlanta-based startup founders, influencers, and entrepreneurs. Who they are, what drives them, and how they plan to change the world. Today's show is made possible by Willa, helping you on your financial journey every step of the way. And now, here are today's hosts. Good morning and welcome back to The Incubator. I am your host, Todd Schnick. Uh, I had the pleasure of connecting with today's guest, I don't know, it was a week or so ago on a different show and was so intrigued by what she was doing, what she was building and the and the successes she was having, the challenges that she was facing. I wanted to get around this show and I'm really looking forward to the conversation. I'm joined now by Lori Cheek. She is the founder and CEO of Cheeked. Lori, welcome to the show. Hi there. Thank you for having me. Oh, the pleasure is mine. I appreciate you interest in spending some more time with me after our last conversation. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this chat. Uh, this will be a fun conversation. Before we get into Cheeked and what you're doing and what you're building there, take a few quick seconds. Tell us a bit about you and your background. Well, I'm from a small town in Kentucky, and I had big aspirations to move to one of the biggest cities I could find. So I found myself in New York as an architect, and yeah, I graduated the University of Kentucky Architecture School, and I moved here to be a famous architect, and now I own a dating business. <laughs> well, I, we could talk for that little story for hours about all that, <laughs> and I will tell you that I am a Cardinal fan, just so you know. I actually grew, oh. up, I grew up and was raised in Louisville, so I... Uh, 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 well, we didn't. I, if I had known that, we probably wouldn't have had this conversation. But in any event, we'll <laughs> we'll forgive all that. So, well, I appreciate that. Again, thank you for being on the show. So, we're going to talk all about Cheeked and everything that's going on with it as you build it, as you grow it, as you pivot, as you change, as you do this, as all the stuff that goes on with startups and and technology and all of that implies. But uh, before we do that, take a few quick seconds for those listening that are not familiar with Cheeked. What is it? Well, it's a Bluetooth dating app. So if you cross an intriguing stranger on a sidewalk or maybe that person is at the end of the bar or on a subway or a plane with no Wi-Fi or cell signal, you'll get an immediate notification that someone within your filters has just crossed your path. So you can have the opportunity to start a conversation in the real world instead of flipping through profiles online for hours that may never turn into anything. Well, one of your taglines is never miss a connection, and that now makes more sense. So how does it work? So I download Cheeked from, I think right now it's in the iOS store, right? Is it, is yes. it Android yet? 
Not yet. Okay, but soon, I suspect. So, all right. So, I download the app from iOS, and I, I imagine there's a process where I fill out a profile. I mean, what, what happens when you download and, and then sign in? Yeah, so you log in through Facebook, and we do that just to verify users. I think sure. it's a safe way. And you select up to 10 pictures. You set your filters, whether you're looking for a man, a woman, or both. And <laughs> you set your age range that you're looking for. So then you just put your phone in your pocket, and we do the work for you. So you'll get a, a pop-up notification when you start crossing these other people that are on the app. Okay, so you get a pop-up notification. So here's the question I want to ask you. So let's say I'm, so tomorrow, as it turns out, I'm actually flying to Atlanta for some business. And so you said, it, it, because of the blue technology, and we'll get into that in a second, you, you can get notified if there's someone in first class and that, that, that is, is, is it anyone who's uncheeked or is there some algorithm that's saying, hey, this person who's now just crossed your path and is at the end of the bar or in the front of the plane, they, they kind of, we think they, they would meet your interest. How does that all work? Yeah, everybody has to be on the app. I mean, I'd love to find a way around that because, you know, it's just hard to get people on an app. But <laughs> there's, there's no technology I know of that we can, we can achieve that right now. But does it, does it connect me with anyone on Cheeked? Or do, do, do you guys kind of discern, eh, this person is someone worth, worth you knowing? I mean, I, I just want to be sure that I'm going to be sure I understand that. So does it connect me and notify me when, when I'm interacting with anyone on Cheeked or, or people who meet my profile? Well, they have to meet your profile. And your profile, well, you set the filters. So let's say I pass you and you you set up women between the ages of 30 and 50. So then you would get a pop-up from me. We do no more than that. I mean, I don't believe in algorithms. And, you know, you have the opportunity at that point to swipe open the person's profile and take a look at them. You can see more about oh, them. Okay. And if, if, if you like each other on the app, you press the Get Cheeky button. And then you're able to, <laughs> to, to chat. Got it. All right. I'm getting it now. I'm going too far down. What I want to do, though, is step back for a second and, and ask you, how in the heck did you go from an architect to running a dating app? I mean, tell me that story. <laughs> well, I say I'm no longer building structures. I'm now building relationships, and it's a lot more fun. But, you know, eight eight or nine years ago, I was out to dinner with another architect, and he had slipped his business card to a woman as we were leaving the restaurant, and I had this idea I couldn't stop thinking about about how to take the business out of the business card and create a deck of cards around dating that didn't have any personal information on it. So it took me two years, but I ended up launching Cheeked as a card dating business. And that launched in May of 2010. So um, it's taken quite a journey since then. We're getting ready to turn six in May. Turn six. Okay. Well, even from our pre previous conversation, I didn't realize that you had been out in the market that long. I mean, what, what has been the biggest evolution since you first launched? Well, I'd say initially just even being able to get the thing launched, you know, I had no idea what I was doing building the business and I threw away my career in architecture to build this thing, but I believed in it so much that I knew I was going to make it happen, and I did. So there were all kinds of struggles. I made so many mistakes. But, 
you know, right out of the gate, we were on the cover of the style section of the New York Times, and it said MoveOverMatch.com. This is the next generation of online dating. And mm. I knew I knew I had gold in my hands. And a few days later, we got a call from Oprah Winfrey Studio wanting an interview about my cards and the, the new way we're trying to create online dating. And I don't know. I'd say the we started getting press all over the world just consistently and then I hit that financial wall and I found myself on a reality television show. Well, we're going to get to the Shark Tank in just a <laughs> minute. But this this idea, look, if, if you're looking to find companionship and you go online, there are, I don't know, you would know better than I, there's, there are probably countless options, both from apps and just web-based stuff and options. You mentioned Match.com. I mean, there, there, there's so many ways and all these people who say, well, I have developed the perfect formula where I can make the perfect match and yada, yada, yada. How, did, how in the heck do you actually think you can compete in this marketplace that is so rife with all these options? I mean, how did you think you could actually achieve this? Well, my idea has always been different. And the way mine works versus the other 5,000 dating <laughs> apps or websites is that it creates this real life interaction. So, you know, with my cards initially, you would go up and slip a stranger a funny pickup line on this card. And that was like you met in the real world, then you took it online. There was a code on the card that led to an online profile. So it was kind of like online dating, but backwards. And even with this app that I have now, although we're in a, a very intense competition with all these other apps, you know, this is about creating real life connections. So it's it's the people that I pass on my morning jog that I would never talk to, that I see in my local cafe. You know, in a New York City commute in the subway, people do not speak to each other at 8.30 a.m. or they look at you like you're crazy. So, you know, once you get out of the train, you've made all these connections on our app. You can immediately send the person a message. You look around, there they are, and maybe you're able to just break the ice on the app and say, come over here. I don't know. I just think it's it's kind of different what we're doing. Well, I always say I, I have been involved in and writing about sales and sales strategy for a long, long time. And I always say that the key to success in sales is initiating the conversation. And it sounds like that's what you excel in is saying, hey, look, I may be at one end of the bar and there may be a lovely lady at the other end of the bar and I may eyeball her and she may look at me, but I never have the courage to actually walk over there and say anything because I don't know how to break the ice, as you say. But if all of a sudden cheeked on my phone pings me and says hey there's a lady down at the end of the bar and all of a sudden now i have an excuse to go talk to her and there, there's there's now a mutual connection there's a bond there's a there's a thing that we can actually go look at each other smile and laugh and say wow it's funny that this thing happened and here we are connected but boom the job's done right now you're connected now now it's now it's up to you to take that relationship from there right that's is that all you're doing here is just Making a connection and allowing you to break the ice in a way that now and now you can take this thing where it's potentially can go. Yeah, and you know, I think times have changed so much with all this technology that people are losing this human contact and walking mm. up to the person at the end of the bar. I mean, that used to happen, but it doesn't happen anymore. I mean, everyone's looking down at their phones, but while they're looking down at their phones, maybe they'll get a pop-up from Cheek that says, look up, because the love of your life could be two seats away from you right now. 
That's awesome. You mentioned a second ago the real-time nature of this, and I think that's important to talk about. I mean, that's kind of the gist behind the technology and the whole uh, the whole impetus behind this thing. I've heard you describe it as real-time versus virtual time. What do you mean by that? Well, you know, every other dating app out there, I mean, even Tinder, for example, and there's other GPS apps that we're close competitors with, but you know, even a GPS app is not immediate. It's It can be as far as 820 feet away. So if I get a notification that I've crossed someone's path, they could be on the 100th floor of a building an entire avenue away. So it's not real. I mean, we are the only real-time, right here, right now, dating app in America. Well, and that's because of the Bluetooth technology, right? I mean, I think you said, if I, if I remember seeing this correctly, that it's like 30 feet. I mean, yeah. it really can be the other end of the bar, is, uh, as you said. How, does, how did you guys develop that technology? And, and gosh, where can that go from here? Well, you know, 30 feet is it's tight quarters. And yep. it's, it's difficult for us to really start making people make connections unless they're like right there. But, you know, luckily Bluetooth range is getting ready to change within a matter of months to, uh, I think, four times that, that distance. So that will come in handy for us. But wow. basically the technology works where the phones become a beacon. So you know how beacon technology works, and it's it's fast. So right, right, right. You're not, you're not getting told that there's a, a sale at Banana Republic. You're getting told that there's potentially a hottie. You're passing. <laughs> That's just so much more exciting than a sale at Banana Republic. Let me I do, am with you. Let yes. me tell you. All right. Well, Lori Cheek and I will return after this short break. We'll be right back. This is Wes Moss, former host of Atlanta Tech Edge on NBC in Atlanta. I'm here today, though, to talk to you about my new digital financial advisory firm, Wella. Well is an old English word that means wealth. Several years ago, my team realized there were too many people who needed help with their financial strategy, but couldn't get the help they needed because they didn't reach the high investment minimums of many financial advisory firms. To answer this need, we developed Wella, a digital platform that allows us to help people just like you get free financial advice and tools to better manage their finances. We also offer online investing and the ability to work with your own investment advisor with no minimums. Learn more at yourwella.com. That's Y-O-U-R-W-E-L-A.com. All right. I am back with Lori Cheek, the founder and CEO of Cheeked. So what this is all about, Lori, is hyper-local engagement. And to me, that is the future of what technology can do and how that's just going to be so game-changing in so many respects, not to mention dating and connecting to that hottie across the bar. Walk me through what's possible now with that. And frankly, what's possible down the road? I mean, hyper-local engagement is, frankly, in my view, going to be everything with regards to technology not, not long from now. Well... You know, down the road, what we can do is actually set up beacons. So let's say there's a serendipitous moment where I keep crossing this one person but missing them by maybe five minutes. So maybe I'm crossing Times Square every day and I'm missing someone by five, ten minutes. We can set up a beacon that will let you know that you how many times you've missed this person. Like you've really missed them. Not like within the 30-foot radius, but by time. So... Yeah, I think we're we're changing the time element with that. So, 
Yeah. Okay. I get it. So that's so if if the the potential love of my life is is walking through Times Square each day as I'm as am I, but we're missing each other because we have different lunch hour breaks. You're still going to be able to say you two need to figure out some way to connect. Is that, is that, am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, or like slow down your walk by 15 minutes or something. <laughs> your life might change as a result. I get it. Well, that's wicked cool. So we talked earlier, Lori, about the intense competition in this kind of online digital dating space. How, in fact, are you actually building a user base with Cheeked? I mean, it's got to be a competitive space. Yeah, and it's it's not easy, trust me. But, you know, I'm doing everything I humanly can do. I'm trying to get the word out via press, doing podcasts like this. And we're having real-life events in New York City every two weeks. So it's really neat when people come to these events and they've all got the app because then their phones start going nuts with everybody inside. And then they're able to go find the person that they got cheeky with on the app while they're there. So... We're having these happy hour after work events. And my next upcoming event is on Saturday, May 7th for a very big day in Kentucky. Do you know what that is? Oh, gee, I'm guessing it's the first Saturday in May. <laughs> yeah, so the Kentucky Derby. And, I um, never thought that there would be potential to meet the future love of my life in the infield. I'm, I'm assuming the app will work in the infield. <laughs> I don't want to meet some chick in a, in a fancy schmancy hat. I, I want to meet a girl in the infield. Yeah, well, that, that's classy, um, but yes, but I have the party here in New York City, so it's in a bar, there's no infield, and everybody gets dressed up in seersucker suits and huge hats, and hopefully everybody will have the app, because we're going to have about 200 people there. Oh, Lori, the stories I could tell you from my experiences in the infield, so well, that will be an offline <laughs> conversation, but, uh, you know, so on a similar vein, I mean, so there are obviously current users of Cheeked. Uh, what kind of feedback are you getting? How are you dealing with customer feedback? Because I suspect... How Cheeked operates in, in 12 months' time will be different than it operates today. I mean, how are you dealing with, with the inputs from your current users? Well, you know, the app is actually very beautiful. So we got a round of funding and built this app, which costs an arm and a leg, but it's it's beautiful. Like the onboarding process, the colors, we've got a new logo, and it's, it's just super sleek and fast. So everybody loves the app, but, you know, I've gotten some emails from people and like Seattle or San Francisco and they've got the app and they're saying I'm not making any connections. I'm like, <laughs> you just got to give us time because we can't be everywhere at once. You know, I can't be doing these events in California while I live in New York, but it's just going to take some time to get that user base where it starts really doing its magic. Yeah, well, uh, and that's and that feedback that you get from your users is so critical, and that and, and informs kind of how people are thinking about it, how they're going to use it, and they may use it in ways that you didn't even anticipate, which is kind of the exciting part of this thing. Let's shift to the elephant in the room here, which whenever you're talking about a tech startup, you're talking about the need for financing and funding and capital to to build out all this stuff and and to be able to to make actual quick real time changes when you get feedback like that. So you have a pretty interesting story to talk about with regards to funding. I, I mean, we could talk for hours about the fact that you bootstrap this thing and the stories that you can tell as a result of your bootstrapping are, are, are quite amazing and quite typical, frankly, in this space. But you also are a veteran of a show that most people listening are familiar with in, in Shark Tank. I don't want to, we could talk for two hours about your experiences there. I, what I wanted 
what I would love to ask you to do is just kind of walk through and say, hey, I had this experience there. I learned a lot of lessons. Uh, walk us through. I mean, I guess you could give us a quick overview of your experience there. And, but more importantly for me, what did you learn from that experience and how has it made you better? And how is it informing how you go after capital now? Well, you know, as you mentioned, I did some, it was unconventional how I ran my business, you know, bootstrapping, couch surfing, just selling every possession that I had. <laughs> I was secret shopping, doing focus groups, just all kinds of creative ways of making money. And, you know, it took a lot of time out of my day to live like that. And it wasn't productive for my business, but I was going to do everything I could to keep it alive. And, you know, luckily here I am to this day, but there was a point where I just hit this big wall and a friend of mine had sent me the link to apply for the Shark Tank because they were accepting applications. I'm like, sure, what the heck, why not? What do I have to lose? And, you know, I knew that even if it went downhill, the world was going to see my mission and my vision. And so I went on the show. I think they kind of got my ideas with the cards and, uh, once Kevin O'Leary dove in, started asking me about my, my numbers, that's when it all went downhill and went downhill rapidly. And it, it's really hard to crawl out of that hole once it starts spiraling down. And <laughs> it was no fun, trust me, but, you know, I kept my composure. And in the end, I looked them all in the eye after they were all out. And I said, trust you will all see me again. And I walked off. And I remember walking up to my producer saying, I hope that was bad enough for TV. And it, <laughs> and it was. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, and, and as we said before, I, I've indicated to the audience that you and I have been on another show together. And we talked about this before and, and that, you know what? Hey, look, that was an unfortunate outcome from the experience there. But I, as, I, as I said, and as I suspect that, that the experiences gained from that, that, that whole thing were actually very, very beneficial to you. And you learned a lot of things and you honed some skills and honed some messaging ability, which frankly is what that show is all about. I mean, that's all that's about is when Kevin O'Leary starts attacking you, if you can respond aggressively and, and all that, well, then that's what he's looking for. But, but as is, as is thousands and thousands of other potential donors. I mean, so, so I, I suspect the whole experience made you better. And, and as you even said to me on that last conversation was, uh, I've got, I got exposure to a lot of people who did understand what we were trying to do and, and, and that, that yielded a lot of positive relationships. And so that's, again, I'm going to reiterate what I said to you in that last conversation. I, I think the experience was a positive one in, in terms of honing your message and, and connecting to some new people who did, did see that. To someone listening to this conversation, Lori, who frankly has not been on the Shark Tank, win or, or lose, what, what are the key lessons that you learned from that experience that you would share? To anyone? So anyone listening to this who's, who's either saying, I hate my corporate nine to five job and I have an idea for a startup and I want to pursue it as vigorously as Lori Cheek did, or someone who's in in it and struggling and hitting walls, the same walls that you hit as you would as you were building this thing and, and ultimately climbed and overcame. What what are the key lessons that you learned through this whole process that you want to share to someone else who's either considering launching a startup or in the in the throes of it and struggling? What lessons did you learn from all of this? Well, you know, I don't know a single soul that would have not quit a long time ago when I had to get creative about how to live my life and keep this business alive. But, you know, you've, you've just got to believe in it more than anything. And it's like taking this huge leap of faith. And, 
I think there's you've got to be really resilient and you know ignore the naysayers like even on the shark tank I don't think they gave me any constructive feedback other than to quit what I was doing and go back and get my job in architecture which there's no way after all I'd been through I was going to either spin this around or turn it inside out and that's exactly what I did you know all those people that saw me I had an inbox of 50 investors interested in investing after the sharks had told me to stop what I was doing so you know just because there's five millionaires looking at you that are you know in Hollywood telling you stop what you're doing quit your dream you don't have to listen to that if you believe in yourself and believe in what you're doing I say bulldoze forward and just tune all that out well, that's why you're on the show, Lori, because what I want to do is those listening who are frustrated and hitting a wall and saying, oh, hell, I want to go back to my old corporate gig, taking leaps of faith and ignoring the naysayers, it's, it sounds really good on a podcast, right, when you say it, <laughs> but it's hard to do, and, and, and you've done it, and that's what I, I want, I'm trying to pull from you. What gut-wrenching moves did you make? What decisions did you make? What, what fears did you overcome to actually do those things? I mean, because everyone says it. I mean, it's, it, there's a thousand books. People will say, oh, take a leap of faith. Yeah, they probably didn't even do it themselves, right? I mean, so, I mean, anything you can share here that, that helps someone who is at that wall and they're saying, oh, to hell, I'm going to go back and be an architect. Uh, what can you share? I mean, what, what, what's the gut-wrenching move or, or decision you can make or, or thing you can say to overcome that fear? Because it's scary as all hell. And, and, that's, and frankly, if you don't experience that, I think you're going to be an unsuccessful founder anyway. I think, I think all the successes have all gone through that. And, but there are the very few and far between who've gone through that. And that's what I want to get from you is, is what was the one thing that you could share with these people to say, here's what I did and I'm still standing today? Well, I've done so much crazy stuff to not let this go in a hole, you know, and um, a friend of mine was like, you know, every day you're getting up and you're facing this dragon, and that's exactly what I'm doing. Like, I've compared my life to a game of asteroids before. Like, all these things are falling at me, coming at me, and I'm just <laughs> dodging bullets all over the place, but, you know, ultimately... All I've been through, I mean, lots of ups and downs. I can't even begin to explain what a rewarding journey this has been. I have never been happier. Like, it's 4.30. I'm in my gym clothes right now, and there's no one looking for me. Like, I'm the boss. I'm the CEO, and no one is telling me how to dress, when I need to be somewhere. But I have just learned so many lessons. I've made so many friends. I've had so many opportunities that I wouldn't have had if I hadn't taken this leap of faith. But, you know, it's it's not for everybody. It's 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 not easy. And no one that no one can tell you differently. It's just not. <laughs> You're wearing gym clothes for my podcast. I mean, you couldn't even dress up for the incubator. I mean, <laughs> come on. No, the point I want to make, Lori, is that this if you think this is going to be flawless, if you think it's going to be a smooth path, there's going to be green lights all the way down the down the road. No, it doesn't happen that way. This is that's the whole point is that this thing is is full of potholes and full of detours and obstacles and and and, and if you're if you're if you're dealing with those and you have to fight to overcome them, that's what this is all about. That's that's what it takes. I mean, that's what this is all about. I mean, if this thing this thing, you probably wouldn't be on the show. You, you, this wouldn't be this interesting 
to 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 you, me, or anyone else listening, if this thing was this easy downhill path, I mean, but it never is. No. <laughs> right. No, it, it's not easy. No, right. but it's it's. I think it's been magic. That's the that's the point I want to make here is that is that you this has been a struggle, but it's been a very rewarding one, and you're you're, you're making tenacious killer progress. I mean, this thing is serious. This thing is real. So it's very, very exciting. So, hey, before I let you go, take a few secs. I mean, I know you're looking to, to raise some additional capital. And, and and then with with that kind of cash, what's possible next? I mean, I imagine you're looking for some additional talent, including developers. I mean, where, where can this thing go from here? Yeah, I mean, we need to get this on Android. We need money for marketing. I need money for development. Uh, and just to stay on top of the game, I do have a CTO, but we need help and we need some more money. And I'm just interested in making all kinds of connections that can help me do any of those things. Okay. And you mentioned that you do some pretty cool events in, say, like New York City. Uh, if there's anyone out there who would love to help kind of spread the word on this thing in their local community, is there any opportunity for someone to call you and say, hey, I'm happy to host an event in, say, Chicago or Atlanta or L.A. or San Francisco? I mean, is, is that kind of opportunity uh, possible? I would love that. Okay. So we'll, before we let, let you go, we'll, let, we'll share all the communication info so people can connect with you and, and talk to you and brainstorm how that's possible. Uh, one final uh, thing we have to talk about, Lori, uh, you know that the, uh, the incubator is made possible by Wella. And so it's probably time for the Wella question of the week, which is what's the most important financial piece of advice you've ever given or received? Well, I think it's something that I will give because it's something I have absolutely mastered. And if you want to save money, you live your life like you're broke. And I always used to live like that when I actually was making $120,000 a year. And you know what? I saved enough money that I could start this business. Yeah, I drilled through it all, but I wouldn't have had that opportunity if I hadn't lived my life so scrappily when I was making lots of money. Yeah. And to this day, I'm living like that, and I'm able to live in New York City. I remember on the Shark Tank, Kevin O'Leary was like, how are you living in the most expensive city in America? I'm like, ah, <laughs> I'm creative. Yeah, yeah. Well, most people listening aren't, and that's an important lesson, so I appreciate you sharing that. And that's the whole point of what Well is all about, is helping us all take and live a life that's that's impactful and meaningful based on, on the income we're making. So that's great advice, Lori. Thank you for that. All right, so before I let you go, uh, should anyone have any questions and want to connect with you, if they want to talk to you about uh, helping with capital, if they want to talk to you about being on that development team, uh, if I just want to ask you any other questions, how can they contact you? I'd say email is probably the best way to track me down. And I'm Lori, that's L-O-R-I, at Cheeked, C-H-E-E-K-D dot com. And I'm also Lori Cheek NYC on Twitter, okay. which I, lo I love having new friends on Twitter. Outstanding. If they want to download the app, where do they do that? Go to the iTunes store and look for the Cheek Dating app. It's free. All right. Lori Cheek, the founder and CEO of Cheek. Lori, as I suspected, fun, cool conversation. Thanks for joining us and for making time. Thank you for having me. All right. All the time we have for today. Again, on behalf of my guest, Lori Cheek, the founder and CEO of Cheek. I am Todd Schnick. We'll see you soon on The Incubator. <laughs>